Welcome to Chronicle. Who is Kamala Harris? A bonus episode. I'm Tal Copen, the Chronicle's Washington correspondent. And I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer. Hey, Tal, a lot has happened since we dropped our podcast series back in October, starting with, I guess, the obvious, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden won, and she'll be the vice president. But because of uh, what happened in all sorts of elections around the country, Harris is likely going to be one of the most visible vice presidents in recent history. That's right. And it's it's not necessarily because she's going to be, you know, wielding a portfolio, but because she will physically be required to be present in the Senate quite a bit uh, because one of the other elections that has happened since we last uh, recorded our podcast is the Georgia runoff elections for the Senate that have resulted in a 50-50 tie in uh, power in the 100-member Senate. Uh, and you know, it's happened a few times before in history, but it's it's fairly rare. And when there is a tie on a vote, it falls to the vice president to break that tie as the president of the Senate, uh, which doesn't happen very often. Joe Biden, a former vice president himself, never actually cast a tie-breaking vote in eight years. Uh, but, you know, under President Trump, it's been a fairly small majority in the Senate. And Mike Pence uh, has actually had to cast a tie-breaking vote 13 times. So we will get to see uh, Kamala Harris more often. Uh, but Joe, I, I think, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a powerful visibility. No, I mean, she's basically going to be carrying the administration's message to the Senate. She's not going to be deciding at the last minute, mm, should I go up or down on this? <laughs> she's, so <laughs> there's, there's, there's visibility and then there's power and right. visibility is good. I mean, she's, you know, she will help her establish her image as someone who is a part of the power structure in the White House. And that could help her in a couple of ways. Like, for example, if she has to step in to be the president, remember, uh, uh, Joe Biden is 78 years old. And if Biden doesn't run next term and he there's all we're going to be starting that conversation in about uh, a few hours now, she will have created a much more lasting image of someone who is who is have some vestige of power more than most vice presidents. That said, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, there's a difference between visibility and power. But what do you think? I mean, do we get any clue about what she's going to be doing in this administration? Like, what's her portfolio? We really don't quite know yet. I wouldn't be surprised if she takes on an issue like immigration. And we've already seen her give an interview on that topic uh, that, you know, as the vice president-elect that we haven't seen uh, Joe Biden give yet. So, you know, there may be issues like that. I, I did a story on this uh, some weeks back now for, you know, our website, sfchronicle.com. And one of the things I talked to, one of the people I talked to was uh, folks from the Obama administration and the transition. And they said that some of Biden's uh, portfolio items as VP weren't necessarily planned. It was a matter of when the administration took office. Remember, they also, the Obama administration also took office during a crisis. It was in the middle of the economic crisis and they needed to get the stimulus package through the Senate. And Joe Biden really ended up playing a key role in that, uh, sort of by necessity, that he knew the Senate. Obama was really relying on him. It was something he really cared about. He worked a lot with cabinet officials. So sometimes these things develop over time. And, you know, one of the differences between Kamala Harris coming in as vice president and Joe Biden coming in as vice president, Kamala Harris has only been in the Senate four years, and that's her entire tenure in Washington. So she knows the current Senate arguably better than Joe Biden does, but not by a ton. And she's never been in the White House while Joe Biden has. So, you know, 
when Obama came into office with Joe Biden, you know, Obama was sort of the young upstart political star. And Biden was the steady hand who knew the ins and outs and key players of Washington. It's reversed now. You know, Biden is the steady hand who knows the ins and outs of Washington. And Kamala Harris is the rising star. So, you know, we don't exactly know yet um, what she will take on as her own. That said, all indications are that that is something that Joe Biden wants for her, and that is something that she would like for herself, that they want to find those those places for her that she can be really step up to the plate. He has really made her a visible part of all the transition. Uh, it, they've given every indication of a united front. So, you know, over time it'll develop. But going in, I think she's she's sort of just trying to figure out where she'll fall as as vice president from the outset. So one of the things we talked about in the podcast was whether she's a, you know, more of a going to be more of a Berkeley radical or a Washington insider. How does that how does she uh, how does she, you know, uh, adjust those those uh, perspectives right now? What where does she go? Which way is she leaning on that? Then what do you think how do you think Biden's going to use her? Because remember the the uh as you said she's only been in Washington 4 years and that that democratic um, uh, spectrum now stretches from, uh, you know, uh, AOC, uh, and the, and the squad and the house on one end to, um, uh, you know, Joe Manchin from West Virginia, who is, you know, it's going to be, it's sort of the other day, people are calling him the most powerful person in Washington. Um, how, where does she, is she going to be sort of an envoy, uh, in that respect, uh, to, to that spectrum? Or is that, do you think, do you anticipate that being part of her portfolio? Well, it's it's really interesting because in some ways being the vice president, you don't it doesn't you don't really get to choose. I mean, at the end of the day, she works for Joe Biden. And it reminds me, you know, going back to some of the ground we covered in the other episodes of our podcast, you know, in her attorney general days, some of the decisions she was really criticized for as California attorney general. She now, when she's questioned about it, she makes the point, you know, I didn't represent the interests of myself as attorney general. I represented the interests of the state. And sometimes the interests of the state dictated that I took a position in a case that, you know, if she had no other requirements, she may not have taken that position. And I feel like we're going to see, you know, I interviewed her, um, when she, when, uh, right before she announced her president and she said, one of the things she likes about being a Senator is that she only represented herself. And now going into the Biden administration, we're seeing the inverse of that. We're going back to, you know, when she was attorney general, for example, she represents Joe Biden. And we talked about all the votes she's going to have to cast in, in the Senate the end of the day, she's going to have to vote a lot <laughs> for the legislation that is Joe Biden's preferred legislation. And he's a definite moderate. So in some ways, you know, like you said, I think the 2024 conversation actually started back in November. I don't think it's, you know, starting soon. I think it's already begun. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and in some ways it's going to be a challenge for her if there are times where she wouldn't take the approach that Joe Biden wants to take, her job is going to be to back up Joe Biden. And then if she's going to have to run against that, uh, you know, in a future election, she's going to have to figure that out. And there's no better person to ask about that than, than Joe Biden. Remember how many times sure. during the debates uh, and other parts of the campaign trail, 
uh, he, you know, at, at one point he'd say, well, uh, Barack Obama and I did this and Barack Obama and I did that. Well, what about the, you and Barack Obama on immigration? And he goes, well, you know, that wasn't my decision. I'm just yeah. the vice president. And so she's going to, yeah. yeah, that's a great point. Tal. She's going to be, she's going to be in the same, uh, in the same vice. Yeah. And you know, V-I-S-E, about, that is. yeah. And I think about, um, you know, we talked about her, her election night speech uh, in 2016 when she was elected to the Senate and how she was all about going to fight for justice. And, you know, Joe Biden is taking office talking about healing. I mean, how do you think that they're going to navigate that sort of um, fighter persona of, of Kamala Harris and, and merge that with the uh, healer in chief persona of Joe Biden? Well, that's and they're going to have a really tough time of it in the first few days and weeks of their administration because uh, there is very likely going to be an impeachment trial going on in the Senate. Yeah. Um, and 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 uh, Biden is has really tried to stay away from that. He said that's Congress's business. Um, but and then he started. Uh, he he has proposed. Well, maybe the Senate can. Uh, do a uh, do the trial in the morning and talk about my agenda in the afternoon. Well, that's I mean, uh, do you forget all those hard feelings from the, from the morning <laughs> and, and carry them over the afternoon? That's going to be that's going to be fight time then. Uh, and and Harris's natural inclination, as we talked about in the podcast, is is you know it, we saw in the Kavanaugh hearings, we saw in all the you know the the Senate confirmation hearings is to fight. Yeah. That, and, w- that that's going to be, and she said that she's fond of saying, you know, unity is when everyone is respected and has an equal voice. Uh, that's, that's going to be tested very early. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's cut tall. Let's talk about something that we didn't talk about on our podcast series and, uh, and for good reason. And that <laughs> is fashion. Um, it's for good reason. Cause I'm on it. Uh, the other day <laughs> there was a cover of Vogue magazine, uh, that featured Kamala Harris under the headline, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris and the new America. It leaked out and it got a lot of blowback on social media. And I believe it's the first time the sitting office holder has been on the cover of Vogue. Um, so what was the controversy about it and why, why should we care about this? So to, to give it a sort of quick explanation, there were two quote unquote cover shots, one that went to print and will be on, you know, are they just proverbial newsstands now, but on newsstands <laughs> and, and the other, a digital cover. Uh, the one that went to print is fairly casual. Uh, it's got a very, not just a casual feel, but sort of casual lighting. It's not airbrushed. It's not as glamorous as you're used to seeing a magazine cover. It features her in her more casual outfit that she styled herself in, including her iconic Chuck Taylors yes. and a, and a denim jacket. Uh, so, and, and the, the expression on her face is sort of playful and laughing. And then what was released is the digital cover. And I should say that the, um, the background is, is pink and green in a nod to her, uh, alpha Kappa alpha, uh, sorority days, which we talk about extensively in our podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, the digital cover on the other hand is, you know, a lovely blue suit. She's standing in a very powerful pose, arms crossed, uh, you know, very sort of beautifully lit and looking very glamorous. And, you know, there's, a lot of reporting about the fact that her staff was really caught off guard. They didn't think that the casual photo was going to be on the cover. They thought it was for the inside. Uh, Robin Given at the Washington Post has a really great uh, in-depth piece that she says that, you know, Vogue made the mistake of getting too casual too fast. Um, 
the, the real point here is that, you know, and getting back to our conversation about Kamala Harris, this is theoretically a stepping stone to a future. This is not her end point the way that this is Joe Biden's end point. His goal was the presidency. Uh, you know, Kamala Harris is going to be the interesting one in the administration, to be quite frank, over the next four years. <laughs> you know, people will be yes. watching Joe Biden and they'll be watching his age and his, you know, let's just say, I mean, his, his sharpness over the next four years yeah, which will be yes. an important question. Um, but other than that, I mean, Kamala Harris is the, the ingenue. I mean, she's the new one to this administration. She's relatively new to the public. She's, she's glamorous. She's set, she's brand new. She's a barrier breaker and a glass ceiling breaker on so many different levels. She's the first woman vice president or, you know, woman in, in the, presidential ticket. She's the first woman of color, the first, uh, you know, vice president of color. I mean, there's so many different ways that you slice it. She's a barrier breaker. The flip side of being the interesting one is that, you know, you're going to be the one that's in the spotlight and that everyone's going to scrutinize every little thing and you get this Vogue cover and it becomes a controversy. I mean, it it's the type of thing she's going to see day in and day out. And I should say, it's not just that she's the interesting one. You know, any, any person of color will tell you the old adage, you know, you have to work twice as hard to get half as far. And not only is she going in with the usual sort of expectations on a young rising political star, she's doing it as a person of color and a woman of color. And there's always going to be so much scrutiny of every little thing and every thing she wears. I mean, goodness, remember Obama's tan suit? I mean, Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's going to be put through the ringer over the next four years with seemingly trivial controversies like this one. Yeah, it's it's a it's a sad preview of uh, we we've seen this movie before and and we hope that it doesn't uh, overshadow you know the actual policy that she talks about, uh, but you know it's always going to be there. Yeah. Um, I, I, so looking back in the series, you know we've had some distance from it now. Um, what what did you learn about Harris that you didn't already know or that surprised you or or or, or something? Because we we you know we've known her for a while, we've reported on her for a while, but what, was there something you're like you know? Like, wow, I didn't, that's kind of interesting. I didn't think about that that way. You know, a lot of it was just really great context. I mean, understanding the time when she grew up. I mean, you did all so many great interviews on the rainbow sign. And um, I mean, wh what was it like for you reporting on that, even though you're an East Bay, uh, an East Bay resident yourself? I, it was, it was news to me. I, I had read, uh, Otis, Otis Taylor Jr., our colleague, our former colleague, I should say now, um, uh, he, um, had written a, something uh, briefly about uh, rainbow side. I had never heard of it before then. He had never heard of it before then. Um, and so it was great to sort of unearth this part of history, uh, of the East Bay that was so important, not only to Kamala Harris, but to other people like Barbara Lee, who we yeah. had on the podcast talking about it and a place really is it was a, to, to remind people it was a, a cultural center in Berkeley, uh, where Kamala Harris and her sister would go, uh, regularly and it was not only a cultural center but it was a place you had it was a political place it was a place where you had Maya Angelou, you had um 
Nina Simone come in there you uh, and, and perform. You had a uh, political groups like Guapa or a black women's group that was there that was uh, the help Barbara Lee. And so that's where her uh, her perspective of the world was shaped in many ways, um, along with her mom. Of course, we talk a lot about in the yeah. podcast. So that was all. Um, it, you know, we knew about the influence of her mom, but we didn't know so much about the influence of Berkeley because often she, uh, she's sort of, uh, she, the shorthand is uh, Kamala Harris is from Oakland. Well, she, uh, she was born there, um, but she lived, you know, a couple miles, uh, grew up a couple miles down the road in Berkeley. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I think what was so interesting was being able to put her, her choices more in context. You know, when she ran for vice president, I'm sorry, when she ran for president and uh, then joined the ticket as the, the vice presidential candidate, everyone went back to her record and they, they, you know, they criticized it with the current lens. I thought it was really interesting to hear from the people who lived it along with her and, you know, some of her choices, for example, the the way she tried to keep kids in school, which, you know, ended up not not jailing any parents uh, in San Francisco, but some of the other places that adopted the policy did put some parents in jail if their kids missed too many days. That's a policy that today doesn't look as great. But when you talk to people who, you know, understood her at the time, she was really, she really was a progressive prosecutor in some ways. And so, you know, not to say that every aspect of her record is above Reproach. I think we learned that in the podcast too. But I think it was really helpful to talk to the people, the police unions, and the activists who were around at the same time as her, and really place those decisions in the context in which they were made. And it's be interesting to see how she evolves even further as yeah. vice president and 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 beyond. Because as you say, she's not the boss. She's she's uh, she's she's back in the role of having to. Uh, Joe Biden's the boss, and she has to sort of uh, figure out where how she fits into that new dynamic. So it was a fun project to do. And the good news, Tal, is there are there will be more of these coming. Chronicled is the San Francisco Chronicles documentary series. We have done the first one. And who is Kamala Harris was season one. We're planning more seasons on other topics with other reporters and hosts. Yeah, it's kind of like our frontliner 30 for 30 for you sports fans. So stay subscribed to Chronicled so you'll know when the next season launches. Until then, I'm Tal Copen. And I'm Joe Garofoli. Thanks for listening. The producer of Chronicled is King Kaufman. Artwork and design by Tam Duong, Danielle Millette parks and Yoli Martinez. Thanks to Tim O'Rourke, Erica Carlos, and Karen Creighton. Chronicled is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. For full access, visit sfchronicle.com slash pod.